Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. It is so good to be back in the house of God once again. It is so good to see you once again. And, you know, uh, right now we're required to wear masks in, in services. We, the reason the worship team wasn't singing live is we are not allowed right now to sing inside the church. And so we, we're required to have a mask on. Even while I preach, I'm supposed to have a mask on. But I don't have a mask on for the hearing impaired. For those individuals that, that need to see our lips go forth to, in order to read lips. And so that's why, and I know my lips are hard to read because I can talk pretty fast sometimes. And so we're doing our best to comply while at the same time providing an atmosphere where we could see God move. Amen? I said so we could see God move. Amen? I am so blessed that you're here with us. Those of you that are joining online, those of you that are packing out the house here and, and, and uh, being in this live presentation of the word. I believe God has something very special in store for you this morning. I believe that God has a, a mandate for your life this morning. You're not here by accident. You're not here by, by chance. You're not, you didn't just happen to get in online and have, were one of the lucky ones to grab a seat. God has a design. He has a plan for you this morning. For those of you that are here live and those of you at home as well, I want you to stand with me as we read the word and as we get into the word this morning in the book of Nehemiah, we've been speaking about arise and build. Everyone say, arise and build. I want you to understand something about arising and building, that there are things that have been torn down in our lives because of COVID, that because of situations that are out of our control, we found some things destroyed. For some of you, COVID just didn't steal a loved one. It stole your hope. It stole your faith. It caused your, your ability to trust God to not breathe anymore. It is sto it's stolen some things from you. There are things that lay in rubble because of this thing we call COVID. There, there are things that lay in rubble that at one time were built. Your marriage has been affected. Your finances have been affected. Your hope has been infected. And I want you to understand that this virus hasn't just destroyed lives. It's destroyed faith. Over 28% of confessing or professing Christians have stopped coming to church altogether, whether online or in person. It's caused individuals not only to feel hopeless, it's caused individuals to disconnect from the very hope that will get you through. See, if the enemy can put us to sleep, get you to the point where you're no longer concerned, Gets you to the point where you no longer care. He can keep the things that have been destroyed in your lives from ever being rebuilt. I want you to notice something in Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2, I talked to you last week about how Nehemiah came up and he challenged the people. He recognized the problem. He let them know what the solution was. And then he told them, you know what? Now's the time to build. He gave them the timing. And he gathered the people and he grabbed their hearts before he asked for their hands. I want you to see what happens here in Nehemiah chapter 2. Verse 19, after the people get together and say, okay, let's rebuild. 
It says, but when Samballot and Tobiah, the, the, or Samballot the Horonite, and Tobiah the Ammonite official, and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked, everyone say mocked, and they ridiculed us, saying, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Bow your heads as we pray this morning. Father, help. In Jesus' name, everyone says, amen. You may be seated this morning. Those of you at home, thank you so much for joining us. I want you to understand that whenever you decide to rebuild in your life, the enemy will try to make fun of you or mock you whenever you try to rebuild. When you look at a marriage that's falling apart and you decide, okay, we're going to put this thing back together, those around you will begin to mock and make fun because they know how jacked up your marriage has been. Say it again, Pastor. See, some of you that are trying to get out of debt, there's individuals that will make fun of you and mock you when you try to get out of debt because they know how big, big of a debt that you're in. There's others that see the addiction that has, has destroyed you over time. Those that know how angry you get when you say, well, I want to change my character. They make fun of you because they don't believe that God can help you rebuild something that's been destroyed. And so when they mock and laugh, that word mock and laugh literally means to scorn. It means to, have you ever been a kid and you made fun of someone by imitating them by something that they said? Pastor T does that all the time. She's always mimicking people. Always take, whenever someone says something, you, you make fun of them. And the, this is exactly what they do. The goal isn't humor, it's humiliation. And so what they're making fun of the children of Israel as they're trying to rebuild these walls that have been destroyed for over 150 years. And so they're making fun, they're ridiculing them, which means to despise or to, to regard with contempt. They are literally looking at the children of Israel saying, you're worthless. You're not worth rebuilding. I'm here to tell you right now that some of you are thinking that you may feel worthless, but I'm here to tell you that God loved you so much that he gave his life for you because he felt you're worth it. Your family's worth it. Your future is worth it. Your, your community is worth it. I'm here to tell you today, arise and build. Those things that have been destroyed for years, now is the moment for you to begin to rebuild your hope, rebuild your faith, rebuild your family. Don't lay in the rubble any longer complaining about what you see. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. You don't even know it right now. I'm prophesying to a future in your life. It's not about your will. It's about God's will. It's not about your kingdom. It's about his kingdom. It's not about your desire. It's about God's desire. It's time to rebuild those things that have laid in waste. People are making fun. They're beginning to point fun. They're, they're ridicule the children of Israel. The same words that inspired hope to one group is creating laughter for another. Oh, stay with me. See, the enemy will always laugh at you when God is rebuilding something in your life. But his laugh isn't a laugh of mocking. It's a laugh of nervousness. Because when you start putting things together, you start putting your marriage back together instead of letting it fall apart. You're putting your sobriety together instead of falling back in. The enemy gets nervous whenever you start beginning to put things back together again. See, the devil is laughing 
If the devil is laughing, that's right. If the devil is laughing, that means you're rebuilding the right thing. If he ain't laughing at you, then you're not building. If the enemy's not making fun of you, then you're not doing the right thing. See, whenever the enemy comes against me, I know I'm heading in the right direction. Whenever the enemy starts mocking me, I know that I'm doing the right thing. You see, these three men found profit and faith, found profit and power in the dysfunction of the children of Israel. They didn't want to see the walls rebuilt. They didn't want to see the gates put back together. Because the moment you start rebuilding, there are some people that gain profit off of your dysfunction. I don't want you to break your addiction. You're putting money in my pocket. I don't want you to break that addiction of alcohol. I want to sell you more alcohol so I can make some money. I don't want you to stop smoking weed. I want you to stay connected. I want you to stay addicted because if you stay addicted, I start making money. If your marriage gets put back together, then all of a sudden we lose influence. I'm here to tell you that it's time to rebuild. Dysfunction was profitable to them. They didn't want to see the walls rebuilt, and they're scared to death that the walls, once the walls get rebuilt, they lose their influence. You see, you don't make fun of someone that's not a threat to you. Come on. Some of y'all got haters. You know, I love when I get haters. That just tells me I'm doing the right thing. Some of you are so concerned about your haters that you're missing out on your blessing. You don't want to be hated. See, you will never be successful if you're concerned about what people think about you. You will never walk in your purpose, your victory, if you allow what people think about you to hold you back. Look what happens here in verse 20. He says this in verse 20. He says, I answered them saying, I love what Nehemiah does. They, they, they come at him and this is what he tells them. The God of heaven will give us success. Whenever an en your enemy comes against you, I want you just to look at them while they're laughing at you. Listen, you may think that I, I, I'm gonna, my body's falling apart. You may think that, that I'm going to end up getting sick. You may think that I'll never get healthy. I'll never get out of debt. I'll never draw close to God. But when they're laughing at you, like Nehemiah, the God of heaven will give me success. We are his servants, and we will start rebuild. I'm going to start to rebuild. I'm going to start putting things back together. It may not look like much right now. It may look like just one block upon the other. It may look like just one little block that's there. But what you see as one block, God sees as a wall that's been restored. Come on, you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. I look at how healthy you've gotten over the years, how we worked out. You started getting in there and you just went one by one. There at YMCA, you're working it step by step. Step by step, step by step. And I've seen the progress that you've gone through, sweetheart. I've seen the progress that you've taken. And yet you stayed committed to this thing. And how, how many pounds have you lost over this time? How many? Wait, wait a minute. Did you say 200? Oh, come on, somebody give God praise. That's amazing, 200 pounds. But you can't lose 200 until you lose one. You have to start somewhere. 
And you're looking at, that, at your marriage, you're looking at your finances, you're looking at your body, you're looking at your relationship with God, and it seems impossible, but you never get to 200 until you get to one. I want you to notice something here. He says this, he goes, we will start rebuilding. But as for you, Nehemiah got an attitude. See, when you hang out with the king long enough, he, he's been in the royal courts. He, he's been around royalty. When, when you hang around with God long enough, when you hang around royalty long enough, all of a sudden, he said, you'll have no share. You will have no share in Jerusalem or any historic right to it. In other words, you're not going to be part of the miracle God's about to do. I'm not going to stop rebuilding because you don't agree. I'm just telling you, you won't be part of the miracle. And so I need you to understand this morning that God is about to do something in your life that is going to be so beyond the imagination. God is about to do something beyond your ability to comprehend. That's what, I see what go, what's going on in Tom's life right now. I see how God is igniting his spirit. I see the, how God is pulling you to new levels. Some of you called us up saying, I need to get to church. I need to, I need to get there because I need to rebuild my family. I need to rebuild my faith. I need to rebuild my hope. I want to tell you today, you have taken the first block and you put it down. You've taken that rubble and you moved it around then you begin to set it up I want you to notice something what's next after Nehemiah moves the people to build after he moves their hearts now he moves and asks for their hands but what next you need a strategy you know you have to rebuild but you have to have a strategy I need to preach a little faster here I need you to I, I'm just excited that you're back in the house again come on somebody give God praise Y'all at home, you're missing out on what's going on right now. You see, he had the why, but now he needed the how. Many of you have the why. You know why you need to do something. You just haven't, don't have the strategy to make it happen. And this is where Nehemiah is at. He's moved the people's heart, but now he has to find a way to move their hands. So let me ask you this. How do you turn your desire to get healthy into eating right? How do you turn your desire to get out of debt into a budget? How do you change your desire to be free from addiction into sober living? How do you turn your desire to draw close to God and turn it into daily disciplines? How do you take your desire to have a godly marriage and turn it into loving decisions? How do you do that? You see, we all want to rebuild. We all know that we should rebuild. But now what's the strategy to get it done? What's the plan? And this is exactly where he's at right now. There's a difference between vision and plans. You see, your vision doesn't change. Plans do. Let me say that again. Your vision doesn't change. The vision is to restore hope, to rebuild your marriage, to rebuild your future, to get out of debt. That's the vision. But the plans, the strategies will change. Don't marry yourself to the plan. Stick to the vision. 
The plan may change, but the vision remains the same. The city says you can't meet. All right, we'll go online. You see, the vision is sharing Christ. Whether the plan is in live, uh, live service, outdoor service, in the park, in the street, in the middle of, of the countryside, whatever it is, the vision stays the same. To love God, love people, change the world. But the strategy that connects to it may change. That said, we're trying to figure out where to hold Easter Sunday. To move outside the doors of the church and, and, and find an outdoor venue that we could gather in. And, and have the family back together again. Come on, somebody say amen. I, I, need, to, I need to get to this. I need to get going here. Notice this. A vision without a plan is just a daydream. And so how do we bring this together? I, I need to recognize four things that, that we need to go through. In fact, I'm going to have Semi kind of play behind me because that'll help me keep going, get, get a little farther here. I want you to notice the first thing that he does is this, is that he touches their hearts, okay? He touches their hearts before asking for their hands, okay? He stirs their hearts. I want you to understand something here. No, notice here in... in in the word, he touches their hearts before he asks for their hands. Nehemiah had done his homework. He recognized the why. He understood the big picture. We got to rebuild these walls. He understood how. He had all the resources to make this happen. But then he also understood the what. What do we need to do to put these walls back up? What do we need to do in order to get things going? You see, what he was doing with the people is just simply letting them know this. It's possible. What's been destroyed for 150 years, it's possible to rebuild. Listen, none of you have a problem that's lasted 150 years. You may have been addicted for 50 years. You may have been, you may have been struggled for 15. You may have had a bad marriage for 25. But I'm here to tell you, none of you have had a problem that has lasted 150 years. And yet this city had a problem for over 150 years. And now this man, Nehemiah, comes and says, it's possible. It's possible. I came here to tell you this morning, it's possible. I came here to tell you this morning, whatever situation you've been dealing with, whatever problem you've been struggling with, no matter how many years you've been addicted, no matter how many years your marriage has been bad, no matter how many years you've been sick, I came to tell you this morning that it is possible to rebuild those things that have been destroyed. It's possible. I said it's possible. I said it's possible. It's possible. You don't have to live in rubble anymore. It's possible to rebuild. Do you believe this morning? He helped them see that it was possible. Nehemiah chapter 3 verse 1 says this. Then Eliashab the high priest rose up. Everyone say right, rose up. With his brethren the priest and built the sheep gate. They consecrated and hung its doors. I want you to see something here. First, he moves their heart and then asks for their hands. But the second thing he does is he starts at the top. Okay, let me try this side. He starts at the top. Okay? All right. Let me try those of you at home. He starts at the top. See, I, I need you to understand something. It says Eliashib, the high priest... The priest was a civil leader. He was the one that made a decision whether you were healthy or, 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 or sick. 
whether you were leprous or clean, whether a house was clean or, 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 or unclean. And so the high priest is the one that made intercession on behalf of the whole city, on the whole nation. And he starts with the priest. So I need you to understand that if we're going to rebuild, it starts with the priest of the home. Now, if you're a single mom or you're single, you're the priest of your home. Don't have to be male to be the priest. But if you're married today, husbands, you're the high priest. If the walls are going to be rebuilt, it's up to you. It's not up to your wife. It's not up to the wife to, to drag the children to church. It's not up to the wife to lead you. It's not up to the wife to build the walls. It's up to the men of God to rise up. How many men of God are in the house right now? How many men of God recognize the need to rebuild and put things back together once again? He starts at the top. He recognizes it's up to the man. It's a man's responsibility to build. I'm not saying the women don't have a call. I'm not saying that you're worse. I'm not saying that you're weaker I'm literally saying this that God has put an order together and that the man is the head of the house as Christ is the head of the church and if the family's going to be rebuilt gentlemen it's up to us to rebuild that wall it starts with you Ephesians 5 23 says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is also the head of the church see Eliashab rose up and he takes a stand and he says this isn't a time for preaching now is a time for action so he starts rebuilding all the priests around him get together and build as well you know what's funny is that these are the same priests that walked around the walls of Jericho the high priest was the ones that went before in one moment they're tearing down walls now in another season, they're building walls. Fathers, we need to understand something. Husbands, we need to understand what walls we need to destroy and what walls we need to build. Oh, come on, somebody. You need to grab a hold of this. So there's some walls that need to get torn down. There's some walls that need to be destroyed. You see, they, they, they built to the sheep gate. And why is the sheep gate important? The sheep gate is that gate that allowed all the sheep to come in for the sacrifices. If we're going to reestablish the, the, the walls of God, we have to reestablish the worship of God. And so they had to rebuild the sheep gate. Now, now let me take you on to verse, verse 2. And the men of Jericho built a joining section... Zakar, the son of Imri, built next. Everyone say next to them. Now, I want you to notice number three. He included everybody. It wasn't just the priests. Listen, we can't rebuild the, the, the community of, of San Jose, of Milpitas, of, of Northern California, of California, of the United States. We can't do it alone. It's not up to the priest to restore the standard. It's not just up to the pastors to restore the standard. He went and after reaching the priest, then he went to everyone else and said, come on guys, let's get together. Let's start rebuilding. If we're going to rebuild this city, if we're going to rebuild this nation, it's going to take everyone to start rebuilding to put their hands to the work come on somebody say amen it's impossible to build by yourself the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 as we get ready to close 
And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. I'm not here to give you goosebumps. If you think that's my job, you totally missed out on what, what we're here for. I'm not here. You know, worship didn't do anything for me. I didn't, I, worship didn't touch me. Worship's not for you. It's unto him. I didn't get anything out of church. I didn't get any goosebumps. I'm not here to give you goosebumps. I'm here to equip you so that when you leave here, you walk out of here as a devil stomping, demon casting out, power moving, a, a powerful Christian that is walking in the moving in the Holy Spirit. My goal is to equip you for the edifying of the body of Christ. He included everyone. You know what's a trip is this. The men of Jericho. Jericho were their enemies before. I got a word for you right now. Your enemies are going to help you rebuild the things that have been destroyed in your life. Those people that mocked you are going to help rebuild. Those people that put you down are going to help you rebuild. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Lastly, as we close, he identifies builders and repairers. As we take a look at the rest, rest of Nehemiah chapter 3, you're going to hear this. And so-and-so built next to so-and-so. And so-and-so built or repaired next to so-and-so. And so-and-so next to so-and-so. And the so-and-so next to so-and-so. Two things you're going to find is they built and they repaired. Built and they repaired. It's important to get the things in order. You don't want a repairer to try to build. And you don't want a builder to try to repair. You got to get the builders. Builders are people that walk in where there's nothing there. And they, they put something. They start it. A repairer will take what's there and begin to put things back together again. You see, some things need to be totally rebuilt. Other things just need to be repaired. And they recognize those that had the skill and the ability to build. And those that had the skill and the ability to repair you got to identify what needs to be done in that moment. And so to build means to establish, to, to establish a standard or to build. Many of us need to start establishing the standard. We don't ask, are we going to church in our family? We don't ask, are we going to worship God today? It has been established. It's been built. It's been a, the, the standard has been there. We don't wake up on a Sunday morning. Are we going to church today? No. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It's been established. Now there's some things you got to repair and that word repair means to strengthen, to be, to be courageous, to have something. You have to have something established first to repair it. There's some things you don't have to tear down. There's just some things you have to rebuild. L listen, you don't need a new husband. Although sometimes you wish you had one. Babe, keep your hands down. What you need to do is repair it. You need to repair it. You, you don't need to build, you need to repair. Verse 28 of chapter 3, it says, At the horse gate, the priests made repairs in front of each of in front of their own homes. Why, why did they build in front of their own homes? They repaired the section of wall that was right in front of their house. Why? 
because I guarantee you this, I'm going to do my best to make sure that wall doesn't fail in front of my house. I don't want the enemy coming through my house. I don't want the enemy coming through the gates at my house. And so if I have to rebuild, I'm going to rebuild right in front of my, if I'm rebuilding in front of your house, I might leave a stone out. I might not put the mortar in the right way. But if I'm doing it at my house, I'm going to make sure there's rebar. I'm going to make sure there's concrete. I'm going to make sure the blocks are in the right place because you have to start rebuilding in front of your house. You have opinions about everyone else's marriage, everyone else's family, everyone else's walk with God. Stop worrying about other people and start rebuilding the wall in front of your house. Come on, somebody say amen. Over 25 times in the book, in Nehemiah chapter 3, we hear next to him, next to him, next to him. See, that word next to him means, the Hebrew word means beside his hand. Beside his hand. Literally a symbol of man's hand is what's used for that term in the Hebrew. The, the, the word that's written there. See, that literally shows up over 1,600 times in the Old Testament. It's a power of strength. It means coming alongside. Pastor Nick, come on up here for a second. I want you to come stand next to him. Elijah, come stand next to him. This is, this is how it looked at the wall. Side by side. Working on that wall. Side by side, hand next to hand. Are, are you following me? That, that we're, we're building next to each other. So I don't just got your back, I got your side. See, if I got your back, that means I'm behind you. But what, what the word's saying here, I don't have your back. I'm standing side by side. I'm not behind you. I'm right next to you. And I'm going to help you rebuild in your life. I'm going to help you put things back together. When I see you slipping, I'm going to pick you up. When you see me slipping, you're going to stand by me. I'm here to tell you that you can't rebuild alone. You can't put things back together by yourself. You can't do it at home by yourself. We need one another to come side by side to work together and to rebuild those things that have been destroyed can't rebuild your marriage alone. You can't rebuild your family alone. You can't rebuild your walk with God alone. We need one another to rebuild. Come on, somebody say amen. Thank you, gentlemen. So the problem with COVID is not just the loss of life, but the loss of hope. We came here this morning to give you your hope back. Come on, stand to your feet with me this morning. See, one of the problems that COVID brought, Cesar, is that it isolated us to the point that I can't see the next two. And without the next two, it's hard to get the encouragement that we need to rebuild. When I come here, 
I'm encouraged when I see people that are working on their walk with God. It inspires me to keep going. It challenges me to get better. It makes me want to become a better husband, a better man, a better father. But when we're isolated, it's easy to fall back into places that you don't want to go. Accountability does something. Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. I need you to understand, CWC Bay Area, those of you watching at home, I want you to understand. I don't have your back. I got your side. I'm going to stand right by you to help you put things back together again. I'm not here to give you goosebumps. I'm here to help you rebuild. I'm here to help you rebuild your family, your future, your finances, your, your, your health. I'm here right now just to challenge you today to rebuild, to build, to repair. Jesus said, do this as often as you do it in remembrance of me. Do what? Jesus' body was broken and his blood was poured out. I'm challenging you today. Let's be broken before God. And let's pour out our lives unto the Lord. We're trying to hold it together. But I found I'm strongest when I'm broken before him. Some of you are trying to act like your marriage is fine, trying to act like your finances are fine, trying to act like your spirit is fine, but you have never been in more desperation than you're in right now. You have never felt more lonely than you feel right now. You have never felt so lost as you do right now, yet you're watching service and yet you still feel so far away from God. I'm here to tell you that he was broken so that you could be made whole. He was poured out so that you could have someone pour into you this morning. As we take the bread this morning, I want you to think right now, what area of your life do you need to humble yourself before God? What area of your life do you need to be broken? Fathers, it might be just to admit that you are wrong to your kids. It might mean just making better choices. So right where you are, would you take the bread? Father, we thank you this morning. Come on, just worship him right where you're at. Thank you, Lord. You know what I love about this? When Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he didn't promise to be next to you. He promised to be in you. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. So as you take the cup this morning, you recognize that Jesus' life was poured out so that you could have life. I want you to get everything Jesus paid for this morning. It's been paid for. Some of you are walking out of the restaurant before you got the meal that someone bought for you. You would never do that in the natural. So why are you doing it in the spiritual? Come on, take the cup this morning.
Father, we worship you right now. Grateful. Come on, right where you are at home, would you just lift your hands and let's just honor the Lord right now. Those of you here at home, here at church, just come on, family, just lift your hands for a moment. Lord, we worship you. We bless your name right now. Lord, I pray right now in this moment, in this, in this season that we're in, that our hearts would be stirred to build. That we would start at the top and get, my God, the fathers, those of the head of the homes to begin to put things back together again. That, Lord, that we would include everyone to build and to help do their part. And that finally, God, that we would also, more importantly, God, Lord, that we would find ourselves identifying the builders and the repairers. What things need to be rebuilt? What things need to be repaired? Lord, I pray right now, God, that you would just be made evident in everyone's life. You're, you're at home right now, or you're here even in this moment. And you know that you've been far away from God. The first thing that you need to build, you need to establish, it's not repair, you need to establish your relationship with God as priority in 2021. If that's you right now, you just said, Pastor Dan, somehow I've allowed my relationship with God to be disconnected. I want to get my priorities straight. If that's you, would you raise your hand high in the air? Just kind of wave it back and forth so I know that you're not just worshiping. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Those at home as well, just let us know by a raise of hands. I want you right now just to join me in this prayer. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me for getting things off track, for allowing other things to take priority. Let me build and get God as number one of my life. Let my priorities be straight. Let God be a priority in my life. Because when I place his kingdom first, he places me first as well. So Lord, I invite you to interrupt, to intervene, and to intercede in my life. In Jesus' name. And you're here and maybe you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want you just to say this with me. Heavenly Father, I surrender. I want to follow Jesus. I want to rebuild my life. I want to repair the areas that have been destroyed. So I believe Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and I invite him to live in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise this morning. If you said that prayer for the first time, I'm going to ask you to text the word alive to the number 408-340-7703. Text the word alive to 408-340-7703. We have people standing by that want to reach out to you and just let you know how much we love you. See, we love you. See, CWC family, we'll see you next Sunday. And remember, love God, love people, and let's change the world. God bless you this morning. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.